wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? Ultimate Warrior will run forever! And welcome back, folks, to another electric edition of WrestleRant Radio. Right here on EC Radio, I am your host, Bleach Report, featured columnist Graham Jason Matthews, of course, as always, joined by the charismatic RJ. How are you doing today, RJ? Doing good tonight. Sounds good. And today we'll be talking about a very English edition of Monday Night Raw. They were emanating from, I believe, Liverpool, Liverpool. last night. So it's going to be a good show to review here today for you. But we are going to be joined by Brendan. How's it going tonight, Brendan? I'm going well, Graham. Thanks, Brendan. How about you? Doing good, doing good. And like I said before, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw here today, but some breaking news of sorts. It was actually, the news actually broke on Thursday, so not more so breaking. But SmackDown officially is moving to Thursday nights. We've talked about it at length here on the show before, so I don't want to go too in-depth with it. But I do want to talk about it a little bit. Um, SmackDown, starting January 15th, staying on Sci-Fi, is moving back to its home of Thursday nights. RJ, you are familiar with this. You have been a fan for the last nearly 15 years, so you are familiar with it. On Thursday nights. So what, what's it like for you to see the blue brand go back to its home on Thursday nights? Uh, I think it's good. I think it's like gives viewers more, like, on Thursday night when there's usually nothing really on, it's something to look forward to now since TNA is on Wednesdays. And also, like, if you're on Friday nights and going out or just other stuff comes up on a weekend, if you're going out with your friends and stuff like that, then you miss SmackDown, then you just go to the taping, and then you skip it all pretty much. But I think it's nice to go back to Thursday nights when it started, and uh, hopefully they'll start doing good things with SmackDown and not treat it like... The second grade show it's got in the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Friday has never been a great night for wrestling or for any for any TV show. Period. Yeah. It's never a great night. It's like you said, people are always out and whatever. That and the fact that SmackDown has never really been treated in recent years, anyway, as the B show or a, a, a show whatsoever because they've always <laughs> neglected it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. What do I think it's going to increase the quality of the show? Probably not. There's a possibility. I think so. Um, but I'm not betting on it, though. But I still do look forward to it. As far as NXT goes, I think that's moving to Wednesdays now. SmackDown Thursdays. Impact is staying on Wednesdays if they can even land a TV deal. <laughs> At this point in time, in 2015, there's no TNA Impact Wrestling on Spike TV. But before I go any further, Brendan, I want to get your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on SmackDown moving to back to Thursday night? I think it's a good change, quite honestly. Um, it was really surprising because it was like one of those like IWC um, internet wrestling dreams. Like, oh, we really wanted to move back to Thursday, but nobody ever really thought it would happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It'll take more than just moving SmackDown to Thursday to making SmackDown a must-watch show. They need to make a lot more changes. Probably the next big thing they can do is make it live. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because I think. SmackDown was rumored to be going back to Thursdays for quite a while now. I think maybe dating back to this past summer, there were rumors of it happening. But for whatever reason, they delayed it. I don't know if it's because of football season or whatever was going on. They delayed it because it was supposed to go to Thursdays starting in October last month. So despite the fact that it's happening at all, I'm very happy for it. And it's starting after football season ends, or at least they're not going to be on Thursday nights anymore. So that won't be an issue. And it's on the road to WrestleMania, so it's all kind of falling into place right around the right time. 
But like you said, I couldn't agree more. And I think they're going to need to do more to make that show matter again, not only changing of the nights. Like you said, I think the next big thing they can do is to make it live. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, if only because I think they do mm-hmm. house shows on Thursdays. I don't know what the logistics are there. Um, I don't think it's a realistic possibility. But like you said, I would love to see it happen. I would be against the idea. A lot of people have said, well, why don't you move uh, to, to the night airs live on Tuesdays, which they've done in the past. They do you know, Tuesday live specials. But then you have the three-hour pay-per-views, the three-hour Raws, then a two-hour SmackDown. Even if you watch that show, that's way too much. And then there's nothing for the rest of the week, and I don't and count Main Event and Superstar. Yeah, there's those shows too, yeah. Um, so that was all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think that's a good idea. So Thursday night's perfect night. I don't know if they're going to ever go live, but um, one thing they can do, maybe give it a new commentary team. Jim Ross made mention of that in a new post or something. And that if you change up the commentary team, I think that could be the best. Because um, right now I think they have Michael Cole, they have JBL doing it, and maybe Tom Phillips. But Michael Cole's in every single show. He does main event, he does SmackDown, he does uh, Raw, obviously, all the pay-per-views. So um, it's not even a matter of making them feel special, like Jr. said. They're just so overexposed, and the commentary isn't even that good. So yeah. it's not even like you have Jim Ross in every show that you're doing. <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. Um, that being said, though, I, I still do think it's a nice change for them to be going back to their home on Thursday nights, and here's hoping that it can increase the quality of the, of, of the blue brand going into 2015. But like I said before, Monday Night Raw was live Kind of, last night. They taped it earlier on in the day, so a lot of spoilers got out. And, of course, one of the biggest spoilers that got out yesterday that kind of made me feel a little underwhelmed for the show, but I didn't know what happened later on in the show. Someone sent me a tweet saying that Ryback went heel, and I'm thinking, they're doing this already? The guy's been back for two weeks, and thankfully it led to something later on in the show. But Ryback, the same guy who I played a clip for at the start of the show, was the star of last night's Monday Night Raw, was in a number of different segments. At one point, joining Team Authority, then turning on Team Authority, as of right now, he is not on Team Cena, but a lot of controversy surrounding the big guy last night on Monday Night Raw. So, Brendan, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Ryback being back in WWE, the whole feed me more shtick, and what team do you see him joining eventually, or no team at all, Team Authority or Team John Cena? Everybody loves the big guy, right? Who doesn't <laughs> love the big guy? Um, okay. You know, WWE's putting a lot of stock in the Ryback, but you know what? I think they're playing the right moves. Um, he's got crowd appeal. Um, compared to back in the days, and all he would do is squash local jobbers. He's made strides and improvements. Um, honestly, you know what? I, I was in your boat, too. I was really kind of uh, displeased at first when I had heard the news about the beginning of Raw, and I was like, really? Like, why? Why are they doing this? But I was like, they are doing everything they can to make Ryback look like a million bucks, and I'm loving it. Yeah, the way the whole angle played out I thought was really, really good. A lot of people just can't wait until the end of the show because I was reading some common thread when the news broke. Cause I think even WWE spoiled their own surprise earlier on in the day because, like I said before, this was taped uh, Monday afternoon. I think they posted some picture of it on their Twitter feed and the, the news got out and all these message boards were going crazy like I was because I thought it was so dumb. And then again, it's not out of WWE. It's not uncommon for WWE to do something like this. They've done stupid stuff like this in the past. There's a whole list of stuff from 2014 alone, like breaking up the Wyatt family. That's another rant for another day. But um, even still, I wouldn't have been surprised if they turned Ryback back heel so soon on an official basis. But uh, by the end of the show, he was taking out Team Authority. It made for a great moment. Like I said before, it's not official right now that the big guy is a part of Team John Cena. I assume he will be. Only time will tell. But RJ, I want to get your thoughts on this. What team do you see the big guys joining Team Authority or Team Cena? And your thoughts on the on the big guy 
last night's episode <laughs> of Monday Night Raw? Uh, I'm not. You've known for a while. I'm not the biggest fan of Ryback. Um, I don't know. I just never, never really stuck to me. Um, since his days of Skip Sheffield, I was just never really interested yep, in yep, him. Yep, what a do. Exactly. I don't know. I just see him more as that bodybuilder. He's not the best wrestler. No, no, no. He has worked better than he has been, but like that Cena match last night was just like another Ryback match, kind of. But um, I don't know. It kind of confused me in the beginning. Like he was saying that he was joining Team Authority because they can pay him. He said like they signed my paycheck and John Cena doesn't. But then why at the end of the show would he turn on Team Authority? I don't know. I think that throughout the night, obviously, they were teasing him going babyface and going team soon because every guy in Team Authority kept coming in and saying, like, oh, like, we wish you were on our team. But then, like, Seth Rollins like, we've had our past. Like, don't worry about it. Then Mark Henry was like, remember, I whipped you at WrestleMania, which I thought was actually kind of funny how they actually, like, went <laughs> they back. Actually they actually that, yeah. acknowledged the past. But um, I think, I guess he's going to, it sounds like he's going to join Team Cena. Mm-hmm. It looks like Luke Harper will join Team Authority. But um, hopefully... I guess they book him right. Um, if they have Randy Orton go babyface, then why does that really put Ryback, I guess? So maybe they just have him go on Team Cena and then screw Cena over. I don't know what they really do with him, but I think another babyface might kind of fall to the like to the low side because like, they already have Ambrose, Orton's going babyface, and Cena. Where would Ryback really stand in that like pecking order, I guess? So we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll go heel because... We have no heels right now, so we'll see what happens. On the food chain, so to speak, the for the chain. Feed Me More guy, for the big guy. So, yeah, that being said, I don't see him going I don't see him going heel, but um, – and it's also you're not accounting for the fact that Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, you know, although when, whenever they got – whenever those guys came back, you know, by WrestleMania season, um, I don't see Ryback being in, like, the title picture come WrestleMania. I think he could be a nice upper mid-card guy like Ambrose, is, like you said, is up there, John Cena, Randy Orton. I think right now what we need is for one of those guys, not what you, not who you name to go heel, maybe someone like a Sheamus who we talked about last week, I think would be a perfect guy to go heel. Um, either him or someone said, if someone because ha- I, I see Team Authority going over to Survivor Series. I don't want to see it happen. I just see it. I, that's the way I see it going down. I see the Authority sticking together for at least a little while longer. And if someone's going to turn on Team Cena, someone said Dolph Ziggler, but I think he's just too over right now for that to happen. I don't, it just wouldn't make sense to me. Um, I, I don't see that. And anyone that aligns with the authority is automatically doomed. At least Sheamus um, is much better as a heel. Dolph Ziggler is a heel, and I talked about this yesterday in a video, in that I think Dolph Ziggler, he's a great heel, but I think the only reason why he ever got heat was because he was with Vicky, because people want to cheer him, you know what I mean? So that's why I don't see him succeeding as a heel if he turned back. So Sheamus at least would make more sense. Um, now that he is on Team Cena, that's a realistic possibility. But um, with Randy Orton, a lot of people have been saying maybe he should join Team Cena. There's a fifth spot left uh, left on Team Cena. Same thing with Team Authority. I don't see him joining Team Authority, then turning on Team Authority. and They, they beat him down too much last week for that to make sense. So that's not going to happen. And I don't really want to see him join Team Cena because him and Cena have such an, a history like they talked about last week. They just faced each other like two weeks ago. I just don't think it makes sense to have them on the same team. If anything, he should be on the show. I definitely agree on that. It's his hometown of St. Louis. He should come in, interfere, cost authority the match. As I was about to say. Yeah, exactly. Or or at least cost Rollins the match, or at least get him eliminated and do that for you going to TLC Rumble, whatever. That's all you need to do. At least get that big hometown pop for Randy Orton. Um, But you mentioned Luke Harper. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, making his big-time return to Monday Night Raw last night for the first time in two months, attacking the Intercontinental Champion Dolph Ziggler. Again, it's not confirmed that he's going to be on Team Authority. It's slowly looking like it, though. And it would be great to see Luke Harper in a main event match of a pay-per-view. And like RJ said before the before we went live here, 
Luke Harper, the minion, so-called, uh, of the Wyatt family is going to be in the main event of the pay-per-view, yet Bray Wyatt is not. He's in a feud right now, which I think has potential to be great, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it really hasn't you know, fulfilled its full potential yet, because they weren't even on the show last night. That's not their fault, because they were at another live event or something like that. Um, but still, though, I think they could have done more to make that feud matter, and we'll get to that in a little while. But Luke Harper, though, he is back and better than ever, attacking the Intercontinental Champion, closing Raw, headlining pay-per-views. RJ, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on the return of Luke Harper. What do you see the future being for the former Wyatt family member? I think uh, Luke Harper obviously has more... More to give than Eric Rowan has. I think, oh, by far, yeah. I think since he was in the Wyatt family, he had better better spots and matches and just better one-on-one matches with anyone else. So I think out of anyone besides Wyatt, I think he can succeed a lot. I think his mic skills are limited, obviously, but um, I think that if they give him a decent mouthpiece, maybe he can... He's a good enough worker that I think he could be one of the top heels, but um, I think he'll be a good addition to team uh, authority and then TLC fighting against Ziggler for the title. Yeah, I think that could be a great match. Like you said, Harper is a great worker. I think Harper versus Ziggler writes itself. It's a great title match. Ziggler has held that title since, like, September, so I would have no problem with him dropping that strap to Luke Harper come the TLC pay-per-view. Someone mentioned to me last night that they could possibly see a Harper versus Bray Wyatt match. I don't know who would be the babyface in that. Maybe he turned Bray at some point. I'm not really sure. Like you said before, that we have way too many babyfaces right now, so maybe not the case. Maybe down the line that could be a great feud. Um, but still, that's an interesting possibility for WrestleMania. But, uh, Brendan, I want to get your thoughts on Luke Harper, a part of Team Authority, seemingly. What were your thoughts on the return of the former Wyatt family member last night on Raw? Kyle, it's an amazing Luke Harper, you know, a man that size should not be able to move the way he does, but here <laughs> he is. He's got the agility like no other. WWE's always looking to invest in a new big man, because let's be honest, they're taller guys like Kane and Kali. I don't even know if it's fair to <laughs> yeah. put him on this list. They don't have that many years left. They're going to need a new feat of whatever. And you know what? Luke Harper is fitting that bill perfectly. He can go. He's got personality. He can work a mic if you let him. They are doing everything they can to make Luke Harper a star. And to see him on Team Authority would be nothing short of amazing. He's been great with the Wyatt family, but I want to see him break out of his shell and show this world what he can really do. The guy is great. Like we said before, I think there's a lot of untapped potential in Luke Harper, even as a baby face at some point, because that guy can fly around the ring. Like, you see him doing his aerial maneuvers, like, outside, like, the middle ropes and whatever. I think the guy has a very bright future if they stay the course with uh, with the Harper character going forward. And even, like, right now is a great, strong start to a singles career, um, you know, taking out the Intercontinental Champion, seemingly being a part of Team Authority, and headlining a pay-per-view at Survivor Series, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Um, I think it's a very strong start to the singles career of Luke Harper, and I look forward to that. But you mentioned the Wyatt family. We'll talk about this right now. Because <laughs> RJ talked to me about this last night, and I could not agree more. I almost died of laughter when you sent me this tweet that Eric Rowan is the current incarnation of what Gene Snitsky was in, what, 2004, 2005, or basically his entire Short run. Career, yeah. His entire career. Such longevity. He was, in the, he was in the WWE for quite a while, for like four or five years or something like that. Never won any titles from what I remember. Never did anything. And I think Eric Rowan is going to fit that bill to perfection. So, RJ, I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more, please, if you can. I uh, don't know. I just think like he's like that creepy guy that like no one really likes. He's kind of has like, that good like stalker persona like Snitsky did. Like I remember when he was on... ECW, he was like always going after uh, Extreme Expose and stuff like that. It wasn't his fault though. Oh yeah, exactly. And then he was kicking babies and stuff. And yeah, no, the guy just never really had. Then they they kind of like had him like have like bright yellow teeth. 
Then DX used to shit on him. I remember like that's like the highest he ever got. Is him and Umag used to wrestle against DX, but yep. besides that, I feel like he's perfect. Like Eric uh, Snitsky, he can work a match, I guess, but there's nothing really to do with his character. Like Snitsky had a good feud, if that, with Kane. Besides that, he had a dud career, and I don't even know why he lasted as long as he did. But I, I think Eric Rowan's exact same situation as him. I don't see him winning any titles anytime soon. And I think that his character is very limited, and he's not the best ring technician. He's got a yeah, he's got a character. That's the only thing about it's him. That's all he's got. got. That's, like, exactly, that's like Snitsky. Snitsky had exactly. somewhat of a character, but he wasn't the best wrestler. So exactly, he'll be doing the character shtick on Raw, maybe wrestling a few superstars matches yep. on the side. That's probably yep. what he's going to be doing. <laughs> But I see him like a combination of Snitsky and Festus. Festus was like that slow character before he was Luke Gallows. He's like the new. He's like the 2014 version of Festus and Gene Snitsky. Like he can't work a match to save his life, but it's all about the character. And I guess he's starting to think with Renee Young, which is I don't know. I don't know what even to think of that. I just I don't even care. Like I said that had, like it, all you can really do with that is like backstage segments or like <laughs> or if she's ring, ring announcing then maybe comes up to the ring. It kind of be like a Visser and Lillian Garcia thing. Yep. When Vi- yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> when Visser yeah. loved Lillian Garcia and yep. like banged her or something. <laughs> but <laughs> besides that, I don't see anything for Eric Rowan. She does commentary, Renee Young that is. She does commentary for superstars, which works out really well because he's probably going to be ending up on that show very, very soon. So I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, Brendan, I want to get your thoughts on Eric Rowan. What do you see this the future holding for this so-called gimmick that he currently has well we're going to compare him to Snitsky keep your uh, babies away from him <laughs> let's hope so but, yeah you know like I always feel bad putting somebody down right away when we haven't seen what they've done but going back to what I was saying earlier about Luke Harper being like the next big big guy like, where does that leave Eric Rowan I feel like he is going to have to fill some sort of weight all the Snitsky and Snitsky I don't want to see him do that because honestly, I feel like he has so much more untapped potential. But you're right, you know, he has this creepy aura about him. He has this like demeanor that says, "Go away, you're weird. You're gonna kick my child and say it wasn't your fault." But honestly, as much as I don't want to say that I don't want to see him do it, I don't. I, I do want to see him do it. Honestly, he has what it takes to do that kind of weird role. Yeah, I, I definitely see him having the potential to kind of fulfill that role. Like we said, I think he fits that role to perfection because he's not the world's greatest worker, so he can be involved in segments like that. How long it goes on for, I have no idea, because like RJ said before, I think it is kind of limited. But um, for the time being, I'm just interested to see where it goes. It's nothing, it's no big-time <laughs> exactly. angle, but I mean... Like, I feel bad for him because like, I feel like he always, like, he portrayed the Wyatt family character so perfectly. Oh, perfect, yeah. But, like, once they split him up, they're kind of like... You're done. <laughs> Harper, you were really good, so we're going to split you up. And Rowan, you're going to do nothing. I kind of feel really bad. Like, I feel like you fitted the Y character. Per- I feel like they should have just kept him with Bray Wyatt as just like a bodyguard or something. Yeah. If, if anything, let Luke Harper go. But like Eric Rowan, <laughs> on his own, I just don't see any. Like, he never finished <laughs> matches, really. It was nope. always Luke Harper. <laughs> yeah. Luke Harper, only, like, I don't think I don't even know what his finisher is. If he could die. <laughs> no. if you asked me what Eric Rowan's finisher was, I couldn't <laughs> tell you because it's always Luke Harper. I just feel like they kind of, like, let the guy just say, there you go, go on your own now. I guess, like, no they're kind of, like, saying, like, the, uh, Bray Wyatt, like, healed them or cured them. And they're kind of, like, doing that with Dean Ambrose now. But, like, 
What he cure them to do? Like that's exactly what I was thinking. I heard someone talk about that last week, and that he was like, "I'm gonna let you free. I've done everything I've done with you. Go on on your own." But what did he do? Nothing. The guy, the, he's in worse condition than he was before. The Luke guy's Harper's like, "Luke Harper's better, I think." Oh was. yeah, easily Luke Harper. He seems fine, but like Eric Rowan is like borderline mentally challenged. So like, why would you let him go? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. But um, yeah, just it's just mind-boggling to me that the, the, they broke up the group to begin with because I think. We've talked about this a million times before, but I think there was just so much left in the tank for that gimmick. So why they just let it go, I just don't get it. But uh, he was hoping that you know all three guys flourish, and at least the guys on TV. I was I was very fearful that at least for at least Eric Rowan's case, they were going to keep him off TV for good, and then he's going to get future endeavored by next month. Maybe that's still the case, but at least he's still on TV. At least he's going down swinging. So at least there's that. Like, yeah. It just also I got it, was just, I got it. it was just also weird that like. It was just, was it the Tyson Kid Adam Rose match is the one that he came out to? Yeah, yeah, that was really random, yeah. Like, you're just rant, like, and then, like, I get, like, she's not here and he left, but, like, I was like, like, what the hell? Like, if yeah. anything, like, walk backstage and do it. Don't, like, interrupt the match. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. I thought he was going to attack the bunny at first, I was going to lie. That's what I was thinking, too, like, what is going on here? Then he just walked past the bunny and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff. But on that note, let's talk a little bit about that. We talked about that a little bit before the show. The whole thing with Adam Rose and the bunny. I personally have been a Rosebud since day one. Definitely not RJ, but I've been a Rosebud. I have not been a fan of how they've been utilizing Adam Rose. I don't think it's the greatest gimmick in the world. It's extremely limited. And I'm definitely in favor of them turning the character heel or at least teasing that and you know slowly progressing that heel turn. Do I think he's a future world champion? Absolutely not. But I think it's the, uh, the best course of action for the character at this point in time to at least tease it because he wasn't doing anything anyway. He wasn't even on TV. So at least they're doing something with him by uh, making people feel sympathetic for the bunny, I guess, who they're hopefully going to reveal at some point as Darren Young, maybe. I have no idea, but we'll see. But uh, Brendan, I want to get your thoughts on this. What what, what are you thinking uh, about the whole Adam Rose bunny thing? Do you lead, do you see it leading anywhere? Do you see any future as a heel, Adam Rose? I'm going to say what everybody else has said, but I'm going to take it a different twist. Adam Rose is turning heel. He's gaining hatred toward a bunny. Who wants to kill bunnies? <laughs> Who wants to kill a bunny? What about a hunter? What was Adam Rose before Adam Rose? Leo Kruger. Okay, okay. I could see this, that happening. This writes itself. This writes itself. He's turning into a poacher again. He's going to... I don't want to say he's going to murder the bunny, because you can't murder a bunny, a uh, human bunny on live <laughs> television. But We've seen WWE do worse, though. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen WWE do worse. Hoda and Kathy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it gets revealed eventually who's under the thing. I don't know. What was the last rumor that it was Justin Gabriel or something weird like that? It was, like, the last person that it was rumored to be. Whatever. That would be interesting, though, to see. To, they're both South African, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. see between two South Africans. I would I'd pay one day to see that. But, yeah. He turns heel, he retransitions back into Leo Kruger, or at least that's what I hope for, because he was much better as Kruger, and it goes from there. Yeah, I would like to see that. I really like the Kruger gimmick, so I think it could make for an interesting TV. Again, I don't know how long it would last, but at least we're finally doing something with the character because he just came out every single week facing Heath Slater and all these other losers, winning, and that was it. You know, come out, dance, do the gimmick, and then leave. And that that was all that was to the character, just the gimmick and just the dancing and whatever else. But um, on the opposite side of things, RJ does not care, face, heel, whatever. You just want to see him future endeavored. I want to pick your brain on this one, RJ. <laughs> Mr. Rosebud over here. I, I, your I just never been a fan of Adam Rose at all. Even in NXT, I just don't think he's. I don't know. I think it's not him. It's the gimmick that is really. It's just too many dancing gimmicks that just really 
starting to get me like ticked off with the old dancing gimmicks. After Brodus Clay and Tensa, I thought they'd be done with that shit, but brings out Adam Rose. I just think that this guy's limit for him to be succeeding is so low. I feel bad for like, like he's kind of like Eric Rowan says, like he's on TV, but he's only have a certain height of getting. Yep. And I feel like no, I don't know. I me personally, I could care less what he does. Like if he goes heel face future endeavor. I don't think it would even matter at all. He's a low. He's a, one of the lower mid card guys. I literally think that they brought him way too early because they really haven't had anything for him to do. And I guess if you brought him back to Leo Kruger, it'd be something. But how far? Like, then he's healed. Then he's just another heel that like he won't be like. It just the gimmick alone. It just doesn't like. What's he gonna kill like Sheamus or something? Like, <laughs> just I don't know. I just don't. That'd get be interesting. It. Yeah, no. I just I just never been a big fan of his gimmick. So I could care less what happens with him. Hopefully so let, off TV. Well, let me let me ask you this because you've been watching NXT for a long time now. Yes. Even before joining the WWE Network, so you're you're familiar with the Leo Kruger character, right? Would you care if you went back to that character, or you don't care? I could care less. Which one did you like more, Adam Rose or Leo Kruger? <laughs> Leo Kruger, because I hate the dancing gimmicks. <laughs> okay, so Leo Kruger it is. So yeah, I could see him going back to Leo Kruger. I don't know. Like there was a segment a couple year uh, years ago, a couple months ago, when he was looking in the mirror and people were hoping that it was going to be Leo Kruger that he was looking at. And it was like the Oculus thing. It was a commercial for that movie Oculus, before, uh, produced mm-hmm. by WWE Studios. And then he turns in Leo Kruger. I mean, all of five people in the crowd would have gotten that. Like I know all the internet fans like us would have understood that. Most people wouldn't have got that, so I understand why they didn't do it. But uh, maybe in time, if they start to reintroduce it with like vignettes or something. Maybe it could work. I mean, it's better than what they're doing right now, like I said before, which is nothing. If they get rid of the bunny and they get rid of the, the, the bull. stupid rosebuds. And everything. Yeah, everything just, about the I feel like they just give these guys gimmicks that they can't like see. Like, Johnny Curtis was a good worker. Then they gave him Fondango. And where is he and now? Exactly. He's not even on TV. He has been on TV for like three or four months or something. Exactly. Reason. I feel like all these young guys, they like had potential. And then they just gave them dumb gimmicks that they can't work with. Like Husky Harris, like McGillicuddy, yeah, all of them pretty much all had sh- like shitty gimmicks that like obviously they got changed. But Curtis Axel's not much better than he was. But I don't know. I just think that like the dancing gimmicks really need to like sell the hell down and get rid of Hornswoggle, Kali, and Torito. The only person I hate more than Adam Rose is uh, Hornswoggle. No, Great Kali. Great Kali, and thankfully he's not and on the TV two as much. I hate them too. Two midgets. Yeah. Torito, oh, Torito and Hornswoggle. Yeah, okay, okay, I can't okay. stand them. I'm really hoping they don't jump the shark with the whole Hornswoggle and Damian Mizdow and the Miz thing. Because they had him join them last night. It's like, why? Him why do you have to... 3MB. Yeah, look like... It's so dumb. Just involve him with anything. That, I mean, I don't even like 3MB, but I mean, you just get him involved with anything and it just makes it 10 times worse because there's just no role for him in 2014. I just don't get it. The guy's been in the company for like eight years. And nothing personally against him. I just... His character just... To get him in, like, why? What, what reason do you have to get him involved with a Damien Miz Dow, the Miz thing? That's got a real good thing going there, and it could have a great payoff if Miz turns on Sandow or vice versa. Where does Hornswoggle fit into that? It just makes no sense to me. But uh, that was Raw last night. There was a couple of other things as well, but a majority of the show kind of built towards the whole Survivor Series main event, so I look forward to that. But brief note here, it was announced earlier today that Jeff Jarrett's new promotion, Global Force Wrestling, having the new their latest, their first pay-per-view, um, in, I think they're in cahoots with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're having their first pay-per-view on Sunday, January 4th. Calling the action will be none other than WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. So I'm going to get your thoughts on this, RJ. We haven't really talked much about uh, Global Force Wrestling here on the show before, and I know neither of us are the biggest Jeff Jarrett fans, but I want to get your thoughts on the whole Global Force Wrestling. I mean, I just it's been about nine months maybe since he first 
you know, made this public that he's going to be creating a company. And they keep on announcing all these announcements, but none of them have really, you know, packed a punch. They have no TV deal yet. Um, they're at least having their first pay-per-view, and I think this was the first piece of news that actually resonated with me, and then it might mean something for the company. Are they going to be competing with WWE? Absolutely not, but I think it's at, at least beneficial for them to get a major name in Jim Ross. So I'm going to get your thoughts on Global Force Wrestling, how you see it um, surviving in the in the realm of wrestling and nowadays, and how do you see the, the inclusion of Jim Ross in their new pay-per-view um, at, the, at the start of the year helping their, helping their efforts at all? Uh, I just... I just I don't know anyone that even wrestles for the company honestly. So I don't think there's anyone a part of the roster yet. Then how the hell they're gonna have a preview if they don't have anyone? Oh no no no! Like I said, it's in. It's oh, in, it's with New Japan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I guess Jim Ross is. I don't know. I feel like when they brought Jim Ross back the second time, it's kind of just a watered down version of Jim Ross, and it's just like. Wait, who? Uh, when WWE, when he came back, I think it was 2010. Well, he's come back a lot of times. Well, no. his recent runs haven't been the best, and I don't. I I'm, I like Jim Ross, but like. Him and Lawler, their days were way past. Like, I'm not a big fan of Jerry Lawler anymore. I don't know, <laughs> no, I, just, I don't think anyone is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I don't, like, hate on Jim Ross, but I feel like he's to the point that, like, he just, it just stale, kind of. I don't so know. So you don't see it helping their cause anymore? No. I think it's a name that people might, like, be, like, you're not going to border the people because Jim Ross is calling the action, like. It's going to help, but it's not going <laughs> to be like, I'm going to buy it because Jim Ross is calling the action. Woo! <laughs> like, I don't know. You know. I just, I hate Jeff Jarrett so much, so I hope it tanks. <laughs> Oh, you have the company tanks because you don't like Jeff Jarrett. I hate Jeff. So Jarrett. that being said, you don't see you don't see GFW having any success whatsoever. No. So Brendan, I'll throw this to you if you have any knowledge on the whole Jim Ross thing. Do you see the impact, the signing of Jim Ross, the new pay per view in early January, having any effect on the uh, success of their company in their first pay per view at the start of the year? I got a question for you, actually, Chris. Yeah, sure. TNA, TNA was originally Jeff Jarrett's idea, right? Yes, it was. Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, he better have learned a thing or in this rate, a hundred from <laughs> what happened with TNA. You can do whatever you want with GFW. You can sign whoever. You can affiliate with whichever promotion you want. But if you do things like you did with TNA, that's going to plummet, and that is going to plummet hard. I think them uh, working, signing, whatever they did with Jim Ross is a cool idea. But if they don't make improvements to what they did last time they tried running a promotion, it's going to be all for naught. I wish them all the best, but my biggest concern with this company, and I've said this before, is that this guy created TNA, like you just said, in 02, and he's gone on record before in all these interviews in the last couple of months saying how Global Force Wrestling is going to change the wrestling business. It's going to be the next boom in wrestling. How is it going to be the next boom in wrestling if you couldn't create success the first time with your first company? You know what I mean? If you're going to get success with a wrestling company, then why didn't you do that with TNA? And that's like, if you jump ship from your own company, like, that's a bad sign. So. Why that do I have you here is self-destruction. Yeah, exactly. So why do I have any incentive to think that he's going to do better this time around with Global Forge Wrestling? I'm like, I'm not saying it should fail, but I'm just saying like I don't really have any reason to care about it because I haven't seen him do anything different than his days with TNA. I'm not blaming all of TNA's demise on him because Dixie Carter and a lot of piss-poor management they've got over there in that company is a lot to blame, and it's a, a, a big part of the reason why they don't have a current TV deal landed for uh, – 2015. They air their final episode a week from tomorrow. And a week from tomorrow... Wait, what was that? They still haven't gotten a new TV deal? No. As of right now. That's a thing, what? too. I was, <laughs> exactly. That was everyone's reaction, because there's reports every single week where these talents, I guess, these unnamed talents, these sources, I guess, are always saying, we're going to land a TV deal in the next, in the next week. We're going to announce it. It's going to happen. 
it happens every week and no TV deal. Another week goes by and no TV deal. We're five or six ways, six, six weeks away from the new year. So they have to land a new TV deal at some point within the end of the year. Otherwise, they have no TV deal. Because right now, they taped all their episodes up until next... Like, right now, they're already in terrible shape because they taped all their episodes up until next week. So for the final maybe four or five weeks of 2014... It's just going to be all recap shows. And, like, there's nothing to recap either because nothing, there's nothing that's happened in TNA in the last year. So just, that, that alone makes no sense because wrestling really has no offseason. Any momentum that they have right now, which is not much, is not going to be furthered with them being off TV for four to five weeks. So they're a whole completely different story. But in terms of uh, Global Force Wrestling, I mean, I wish them all the best. That uh, Jim Ross is a nice get. I just don't see them having like that making a, a big enough impact for people to buy the pay-per-view. Good for them that they got Jim Ross, but I just, like I said before, I need more incentive to think that they're going to have success this time around with this company as, you know, as opposed to what happened with TNA you know, 12, 13 years ago. That being said, mm-hmm. though, um, not much else really in the news as of late. There's been a couple of other things, uh, just a few other things. Well, we talked about this before, and I want to kind of talk about it right now. Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, the new Big E stable. We talked about it last week. We weren't really sure if it was a new singles gimmick for Xavier Woods, but it has been announced that um, – not announced, but it's been made clear that both Kofi and Big E will be a part of the stable. It's not been confirmed that Big E will be a part of it, but he has to be. If Kofi's a part of it, then Big E will is sure to, soon to follow – um, I assume they'll probably air the vignette with him in it next week. And the following week, they'll probably debut uh, <laughs> the night after Survivor Series. So, Brendan, I'll ask you first because uh, you were the one that brought up the, the comical idea of debuting them at Survivor Series like The Shield two years ago. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, on this trio of Big E, Kofi, and Xavier Woods and this whole New Days stuff. What do you see happening with this trio of guys? First off, if I hear somebody call it the New Nation of Domination, I'm going to clap them with the side of the face. That was so many years ago. These, honestly, you know, I feel like these three have so much more potential than everybody else in the nation of domination had combined. Agreed. Xavier Woods has got the mic skills. Biggie has got the, I, I guess you could say, athleticism. Um, in ring prowess, maybe. And Kofi's got both the like, experience because he's been in WWE for a lot longer than you might think, and he's got the athleticism as well. They've got the ability to be something great, something wonderful. The biggest worry, honestly, is what they're going with this. I've heard some people saying how they're going with the preacher thing, but I feel like that's a bit too obvious, even for WWE. I personally think they're going to be trying to use this to deter the crowd, maybe. Because, like, how a couple of months ago in, like, August, when the three of them had that little promo on Raw talking about how they're sick of trying to fit people's mold or whatever. I could see them using it as a plot device, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, how they don't want to fit the stereotypical black guy gimmicks, you know, like dancing and shucking and jiving or preacher gimmicks. They don't want to fit that mold anymore. They want to be who they are. And that's why I think they're going with the whole New Day thing and, like, that Phoenix insignia that they've got in the back of their promos as well. That's what I'm hoping for, too. I'm not betting on it, but I think it'd be great if they kind of hype up. I mean, they've been really overdoing with these vignettes and trying to make him seem like this stereotypical black group and all this other, you know, all the other stereotypes that you would think that would be in a WWE gimmick and whatnot. And they've been really pushing it. So it's to the point where it's so over the top where I'm thinking that they come out doing the whole chucking and jiving thing, like you said before, and then they just turn on whoever they're supposed to be facing, like Los Matadores or whoever. 
and then they just kind of go from there. Like, I don't know if they're going to be a heel group or what, um, especially with the Wyatt family gone. We need a new heel trio. I mean, we don't need one, but it would be nice. Um, so it'd be great to get them in the tag division at least so we don't have to see Los Matadores and Stardust and Goldust face each other every week. And uh, they're, they're just such a lack of tag teams right now. They need more teams, and I think uh, – the addition of Big E and Kofi can really add something. But, yeah, I, I like your idea in that they come out doing the whole gimmick, but then they kind of turn on that at the last minute. So that's what I'm hoping for. Like I said before, I'm not betting on it. But regardless of whether people like the gimmick or not, I'm a big fan of all three of these guys. I think Xavier Woods is very, very good. A lot of people have always looked at him as like a loser. But if you go back at his time in TNA, his Consequences Creed, the guy was great. He's a oh, yeah. very good worker. He's also a very underrated mic worker, as we saw a couple months ago. Big E... I don't know what they did with him. There's a lot of loss potential there, but he's very good. And Kofi, it's a well-known fact, he's amazing as well. So I think you put all three of these guys together, it can make for a very interesting dynamic and a trio. And um, like I said before, regardless of whether you like it or not, I think it's something good for them. At least they have TV time. They've been off TV for upwards of four or five months. So at least it's something for them to do, and they're not being put to waste by not being on TV at all. So RJ, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you see this act involving Xavier Woods, Presumably Big E and Kofi Kingston having any potential. Um, I right when you said that like they might churn on, I can kind of seem like they kind of kept hyping Bruce Clay as the monster heel. Then the exactly. night of, they did like That's the exactly stupid Funkasaurus thing. Mm-hmm. I think like like you said, they come out do like the shucking and jive and like preacher shit, and then they just turn on and say like this is what they want us to be. We're gonna be against the authority or something like that. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I think that could easily work. I think like you said, I I think since Xavier Woods debut, he kind of was a big flop. Uh, I watched T- I watched more TNA when he was Consequence of Creed, so I, uh, Creed. Creed yeah. so I know what he has. He's got a lot of skill and stuff like that. So I think, obviously, since he was in WWE, he was very underutilized. And I think Big E was hot, and then they poured a huge bucket of water on his head, and then he got cold. And Kofi Kingston's been Kofi Kingston for the last 10 years. And it's pretty much the same guy. I think he's, obviously, he can do great stuff and stuff like that, but obviously he has that height of being just a mid-card guy. But I think his involvement in the group can help them just big spots and stuff like that, and he could be good with the tag team, the Big E, and have Xavier kind of be like the mouthpiece or go for a singles run or something like that. But I think Big E and um, Kofi could be a good tag team to the tag team vision that there's really not really any tag teams right now. So I think it'll be good. They all can work. We all know that. They've kind of got the short end of the stick, but I think the WWE might realize that they really need more talent, more especially mid-card and tag team division. So... They can utilize them there, and hopefully it works out. Like you said before, I think it's kind of a second chance for both Big E and Xavier Woods, because Xavier Woods, the kiss of death was pairing this guy with R-Truth on the first night of his debut. That, from automatically from day one, people did not care about him. If you get paired with R-Truth, you're done. If you get paired with Santina Morella, like Emma did, you're done. So I'm glad he's getting a second chance in this gimmick. Big E, same exact thing. At least with Big E, they were building him up the right way. He was having good matches with Del Rio and Orton and all these other people. He was involved in that big angle with John Cena when he was with the whole trio with AJ and, uh, and Dolph. But, um, yeah, he's a very good worker, too. He was so over done at NXT as a babyface. He was kind of over as a babyface in the main roster. They never gave him the five-count gimmick that he, does, that he had back in NXT. But um, that being said, though, I think... This is kind of a resurrection of both the characters of Xavier Woods and a Big E, and I think it's great for them. Kofi Kingston, like you said before, he's a guy that is just, he's great, and I think he could have been something, and like you've said before, he could have been something when he's feuding with Randy Orton about four or five years ago, but they hit a brick wall with, they hit a brick wall with Kofi Kingston in that 
people just don't see him being of anything like of substance. You know what I mean? He's just had so many start and stop pushes over the last four, five, ten years, like you said before. A lot of people don't realize this, but like Brendan was saying before, the guy's been a part of the company for almost seven years now on the main roster. It's crazy to think that. Um, but I think Kofi Kingston in this environment with Big E and Xavier Woods by his side, they can make a great trio. It's an awesome addition to the tag team division, and hopefully they can hold ditch the whole preaching thing and they go the heel route or at least become more serious and they can get something great out of it. But even if they do go this route with the whole preaching thing, this you know the stereotypical gimmick, like I said before, at least they're doing something with them because I've been complaining for months as many people have been about, uh, you know, these guys not even being on TV. It's been a house show gimmick since, like, July for some reason. So at least they're finally getting a chance to shine. But um, that being said, though, I want to transition over to the WWE Network exclusive that aired last night. I want to get your thoughts on this, RJ. And if you watched it, the ECW Exposed special, did you watch it by any chance? You didn't. I thought it was really, really good. I wanted to run down this real quick. It was about an hour-long special that aired right after Raw. I didn't watch it then, but it's on the on-demand content or the archives right now. And it was Paul Heyman and uh, Joey Styles. Styles. They were just highlighting some, you know, the tip-top moments of ECW. And, like, you've seen all the ECW stuff before. They've done reunion show after reunion show, just beating it down into the ground. I understand that. But, like, the approach they took last night, it really lived up to the exposed hype um, that it was branded as. Like, I don't want to say they were um, they, they were doing it off the cuff. A lot of it was probably scripted. Like, they mentioned CM Punk a couple times and all this other stuff. Like, they wanted to make it seem cutting edge. All of that, I mean, if it was so cutting edge and controversial, they wouldn't have aired it on the network to begin with. But there was a lot of great stuff there. They answered a lot of good questions. A lot of people wanted to get the insides and outsides of. So I thought it was a really cool special. And one of those things that, um, that WWE should do more of on the network is they need more of these themed weeks on the network. ECW week, they had the whole SmackDown special when they were celebrating their 15th anniversary last month. Um, we need more of this stuff on the network, exclusive stuff, the Sheamus and Rusev stuff. That's what's going to make people buy the network, like stuff like that, I think. But, um, Brendan, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Did you watch the special by any chance? I unfortunately did not. I don't have a network subscription. Oh, okay. Actually, this is perfect. This is the perfect comparison here. I want to ask you something. You're the, one of the people that does not have the WWE network, so... Let's just ask you this. What would make you buy the WWE Network? As someone that does not currently have it, what is something that would make you buy it? If I had a job. Oh, is, is it just a financial it. issue? Yeah, it's a financial issue. It's not that I don't want it. It's if I just can't afford it financially. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But like we were saying before, the ECW week and stuff like that, do you think the network needs more of that from someone that can't oh, afford it? And that they just don't want it, you know what I mean? Is Do they need more yeah. of these themed exclusive weeks in order for it to be successful, you think? I think it definitely helps, yeah. It gives them more substance. Like, you can only watch the on-demand stuff so many times without getting bored. So, like, providing all this new live stuff, these exposés, these themed weeks, that's how you really sell it. You can't sell people on the stuff they watched yesterday. You have to sell people with the new stuff they're watching tomorrow. No, yeah, that's exactly it. I think NXT is a great part of it because I think, like you said, that is the tomorrow part of the WWE Network and all the theme weeks and all the kind of stuff they're doing there. Um, they need to try to not harp on I know it's a big merchandise thing and it's popular, so they always try to do that. I understand it from a business standpoint, but they have just so much Attitude Era stuff on the WWE Network. It's getting to the point like like the Monday Night War, like you, know, like you said, they keep on mentioning the same points in every single interview. Like It's getting to the point where it's not that interesting anymore, but I still enjoy it. It's just getting to the point where they just can't keep on hammering. I thought the on. Rock one was so good. I, I thought guess, it was, so, I told you, it was really so good. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, Rock was great, though, during the Attitude yeah. Era. But 
I think more so, it's more so the Stone Cold stuff. Like, you didn't watch the rivalry shows, right? I watched part of the first one, but it was kind of like the same stuff as Monday Night War. Exactly, kinda. that's what I'm saying. Because they've been talking about, they've been talking about the, like, the whole attitude era, so it's kind of like caught up to it's, itself. Exactly, and they take the same interviews yeah. from like Stone Cold's documentary. Yeah. It's like the same exact thing. Like, I already saw this. Like, why am I wasting ho- my yeah, time? Yeah, hopefully, like, they'll actually use feuds that, like, obviously they're not, like, based on Monday Night War, obviously. Yeah, they did actually this week. Tonight, they're debuting a new episode. It's actually on the new on-demand content Maybe. section of the WWE Network right now. It's Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. It's more old school, but at least it's something. At least it's something new. Where's Triple not- H and Shawn Michaels? <laughs> It'll be on there at some point, I'm sure. Um, but at least it's something we haven't seen a million times before because I'm sure they're going to get to like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at one point. But they've again they've hammered home the Montreal screw job so many times before. Like I, I it's not that I don't care, but I just don't want to hear about it's it. It's more anymore. that I already know what happened. Exactly. Pretty much. It's yeah. more that you know what's happening. So yeah. But um, on the rivalries note, though, I think that's a good show um, if they get the right feuds. And I did watch part two of the Stone Cold McMahon one because the part one you you said you watched part of that one. The first part I thought was okay. Like we said before, we already know everything that happens. Part two, though, I thought was really, really good because they kind of talk about Stone Cold's departure from the company, though, too, and the relationship between McMahon and Austin today and stuff like that. So that one was really interesting. Uh, so I definitely recommend that. But, yeah, going back to the original point, I thought ECW Exposed last night was really, really good. If you want to check it out, it's on the WWE Network right now. Um, the questions they answered are really exclusive, really interesting. So um, I enjoyed it. If you want to go back and check it out, it's on the WWE Network right now. So that being said, Survivor Series is coming up. RJ and I were just talking about this before the show. Right now, currently slated, we've got the, of course, the big main event, Team Cena versus Team Authority. With the, if Authority loses, the faction is disbanded. After that, we've got Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt. We'll get to that in just one minute, but we've got that confirmed for the pay-per-view. AJ Lee defending her Divas Championship against Nikki Bella. And assumingly, I mean, those are the only three matches confirmed, but we're possibly also going to be getting a tag team title match involving the Usos, Goldust and Stardust, um, Damian Mizdow, The Miz, and Los, Los Matadores. Matadores. Yeah, and possibly the pre-show match of Adam Rose and The Bunny. And I wouldn't put too much stock into that because they were rumoring that. Dirt sheets. They were, yeah, they were putting that, that, the dirt sheets were saying that for the Hell in the Cell pre-show too, and that ended up being, I don't think there even was a pre-show match. It was like the Peep Show or something. Yeah, they had the, yeah, what was it? No, that was not a Champions. They had some other segment at night of at Hell in the Cell. I don't know what it was. It was Miz TV, wasn't it? Miz TV, that's, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, it was Miz TV with uh, Damian Miz down the Miz. Yeah, that's what it was. And, um, yeah, so they'll probably do that on the pre-show. I'm not sure, but that's just a rumor. So, um, Brandon, I'll ask you first, what do you think maybe else be added to the card? There's a three-hour pay-per-view. I don't expect the multi-man main event to take, to take over at least a half an hour of time. I don't expect it to go over 30 minutes. So what else can they add to the card to make the, you know, to fill out the card at Survivor Series, do you think? <laughs> You know, I keep forgetting that Cena and Brock is not on the card, and I think that really does speak wonders to WWE. I don't necessarily think it has to be on the card, but I do think it's weird that we're going to go two pay-per-views without a world title defense, even with Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I also wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I think so far the card is shaping up well. can't really think of anything that I would want to see that's not already there, but... I mean, I guess that's up to WWE, right? They like to fill their uh, pay-per-views with fodder matches. And so far, they've got a pretty solid card, so I guess the rest of their matches are more or less going to be fodder. 
Yeah, right now it's only really a one-match show. I mean, I think the obviously the Multi-Man Survivor Series Elimination Tag Team match sells itself, and I'm really looking forward to that because I think it has the potential to be great given who's involved and all the intrigue about who's on what team. The show, the, the card itself would be relatively stronger if they had a WWE World Heavyweight title match, obviously, but imagine if they had Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton in this hometown of St. Louis as maybe not as the main event, or probably if Brock Lesnar is on the show, it's going to be the main event. But if they had Lesnar and Orton for the title on that show, and then also you have the multi-man tag team match, it'd be one of the best show, one of the best shows in a while, and I think that could be really add to the card. Like I said before, it's a missed opportunity because they didn't bring in Brock. I don't blame Brock. I just more so blame WWE for not bringing him in, making him you know work more dates. Um, but RJ, what do you think could be added to the card in order to fill out the Survivor Speak, Series event? Speaking of Brock. Um I could so see them having him interfere. Yeah, it's something in the main event. I could so see Cena hits hits Seth Rollins with the attitude adjustment. Referee's knocked out over the barrier. Here comes Lesnar. F five throws Seth Rollins on top. Maybe even F five Seth Rollins because they're la- their last. Yeah, their last him. attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have them both lay on the ground. Triple H just just d- says do it. Puts Rollins on top of Cena. Rolls out of the ring. Ref gets back from his consciousness. One, two, three. Team Authority wins. Gets over on Cena again, going to TLC, fights against Cena. I'm hoping they do that at TLC. Hopefully. Yeah. I think that they need to have some Lesnar involvement. He hasn't been around in a while. Obviously, Heyman, obviously, keeps – every time he's on TV, no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesnar, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, I think – I'm trying to think, like, this is not – I could. I think this would be a good idea. I don't know if they'd do it. Maybe, like, Team Neville versus Team Zayn. Like, I, I literally don't know what they can do because I think there's no other talent, really, that they could put on the show that would be somewhat ap- appealing. But I think if they did do a Team Neville versus Team Zane, they could actually have exposure for NXT, show what these guys do have on WWE pay-per-view that people can see, and then that would get people interested in the network and watching NXT. I think there's plenty of guys on NXT they could put in that match. And then I don't know who you'd put on the heel because they're kind of both baby faces, kind of. But I don't know who you'd put on each team, but I think that would be good awareness for them and just for the NXT as the product alone. I think they need more national exposure than just the t- just the n- n- network subscription. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So have that maybe. Um, besides that, I'm trying to think. There's just really much, not much really they really do. They might have like a segment or two. Um, maybe Paige versus Emma, which I've been hoping for a while. I, it might, like, that's kind of random. But I don't know. They need like something. They need something. Like, they can't just have the four matches. I think it's impossible to go through like you said, the main event won't be more than 30 minutes. I doubt Ambrose and Wyatt would be over 15 minutes alone. And then the Divas match would be like 10 minutes. And then the tag team match would be 15 minutes. That's mm-hmm. an hour and 15 minutes, pretty much a product. That it's not even half the show. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, two hours of advertising. Let's be Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can, hopefully yeah. they know what they're doing. Um, I think that's a big mistake. That's, like, that's what kind of hurts them having all the champions. In the one match, yeah. and not having Lesnar, kind of like, de- like they can't really do much without it. Like non-title matches really don't mean anything, unless they have like a stip or actually a good feud. So, hopefully, they furthermore the Ambrose Wyatt feud that's been so disappointing, and then makes people actually interested. In, besides the um, main event, and I'm actually excited for uh, AJ and Nikki Bill. I think the Divas division very has grown a lot over the last couple of months. I think it's. I think their matches have been very good for how poorly they have been, and I'm actually kind of behind. I think we could see like Brie Bella maybe turn heel a little bit, cost AJ the title, and like join Nikki, and they can be heels again. But um, I don't know. I think all the matches have intriguement. I don't want to see Bunny and Adam Rose. I don't like with pre-show or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know like with the Dust Brothers retain. Like I don't really know. 
I'd kind of like to see Miz and Mizdow, but I think they're kind of like they're kind of like hinting towards like maybe a split eventually because the Miz keeps like yeah the, the commentary yeah. team has been yeah, mentioning Miz too. like kind of like makes Sandow an underthought. Maybe they have them win it, but then Miz keeps getting all the glory, and then yeah. like I, I like can see Sandow winning for the team, and then yeah. Miz taking credit, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but um, they need something. So I think the Zayn Neville thing would be good, or maybe have like the Divas title or NXT title. Like they need to have something. You can't just have like Justin Gabriel versus Heath Slater, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, they have something that means something yeah. exactly. Survivor Series, much. I less. think the NXT would be great. Like you said, get their brand out there even more, and that all these people have that free, free, free shit that they can see for free that these kids are good. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they buy a subscription to see them on NXT weekly. I love even, the inclusion of NXT. Yeah, even though I'm not gonna free a month, but now yeah, we're not getting free months. We ranted about that last week <laughs> exactly, but uh, no, yeah, I love the oh, idea I- of. No, go ahead, Brendan. I got an idea. Pre-show match, right? You guys were mentioning the Bunny and uh, Adam Rose. Mm-hmm. The, the Bunny versus Adam Rose in a CZW hardcore death match. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. At least to be something it. different. <laughs> Hashtag bucket. But um, yeah, I, I love the idea of an NXT match on the pay-per-view because, like you said. With all the champions, the U.S. champion and the IC champion being involved in the main event, Brock Lesnar is not there. They can't do any more title matches aside from the Divas title match and the tag team title match. But I love an NXT match. It doesn't have to be Zayn versus Neville. It can be some sort of tag team match. You can do another traditional tag team match if you want to. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought team you, I, Neville versus Team Zayn. Oh, okay, match. okay, okay, yeah. I can see that happening then. I don't know. Yeah, like you said. You I don't have, know, like, we, Tyler Breeze, yeah. CJ Parker, what's the kid, Baron Corbin, is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah, yeah Baron Corbin, yeah. The yeah, Ascension, yeah, exactly. Ascension, Hideo Tommy, uh, Finn Balor. Who had a great debut last week. You need to go back and watch, watch that. It, so. It's amazing, dude. So I, I think that would be Enzo great. Enzo and Cass. Enzo and Cass, yeah. Enzo and Cass, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of getting shafted a little bit, but who knows. Like, or you could do that. You could have, um, they could have Zane. Cass and Enzo, and then Hideo Tommy and Vin Omar, whatever the fuck his name is, versus <laughs> Neville, the VOD villains, and Ascension. I can see I, that, I dude. Can, I can watch Dude, that. he just booked the match right there. RJ just booked Survivor Series right there. But yeah, anything involving NXT I think would be great. Like I said, it's free month, so why not do it? Like, what's yeah. the worst that could happen? Exactly. Have a kick off the show. That's a great opener to exactly. have start a show, so... Yeah, I can see that happening. So hopefully we get something along those lines because there's no one else in the roster that I can see filling that spot. There's like what another Roman Reigns interview? Yeah, or exactly. Yeah, another hour long Roman Reigns interview that's going to go all of thirty seconds again. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Bryan's going to come back. I don't know what you do, but yeah, I think it'd be great if they had um, if they had some sort of NXT inclusion on the pay per view. Like you said, what is there to lose? I yeah. think that could be great. Um, but final note here, you kind of mentioned before. I want to run up. I want to uh, run down this real, real quick. Why do you think the Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose feud has been disappointing? I agree, but I want to get your thoughts on it. It's just they haven't had any exposure. Bray Wyatt was gone for so long. Attacks in the end of the pay view. Then they really haven't had any further up besides that one thing on SmackDown, which I didn't see because I don't watch SmackDown. No so one does. No one watches SmackDown, <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't like. They, if they're going to like advance the storyline a little bit, they should do it in Raw where people actually see it. Yep. And so they put it on SmackDown. I lo- the segment looked like it was very intriguing, like the whole Wyatt talking and he was right behind him. And then, like, I, I just, like, the thing about that is it kind of, like, makes, like, Dean Ambrose kind of look like a pussy because he's supposed to be, like, this lunatic. Yep. But Bray Wyatt's, like, scaring him and stuff. Like, I don't really get that. It's but a lose-lose. That's exactly. Saying, yeah. That's the thing about having him in a feud that they both really need wins because Wyatt was off TV for so long. And all Ambrose has done this whole summer into the fall and has lose all summer and fall. So I don't know what they do with it. I think that they should put Wyatt and Harper's shoes right now and go for the IC title 
I think that would make way more sense because after the Ambrose feud, what do you do with Bray Wyatt again? Mm-hmm. I think Bray Wyatt needs the title because then you can just throw people in and that's a reason to fight him because he has the title. Um, maybe they have Harper win it while it beats him. Maybe, like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. The Wyatt character <laughs> is so good. But it's so, like, you just don't know what's going to be. Like we said, like, after WrestleMania, we're like, what are they going to do next to them? Jericho was so, like, yeah, he left wasn't a part field. Of the company, so yeah. left field that yeah. I didn't see that happening. Yep. But I think that... He's just like a month-to-month basis, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. After he's done that, you do like, shit, what are we going to do now? It's just kind of like on the roll, like on the fly booking, pretty much. Yep. And I just think that they both need wins, and it's kind of sucky. Like, they haven't really had any, like, conflict or interaction since the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. So, I think that it should be a stip match. I think hardcore, extreme rules, something like that would make it a lot better. I think they both could use that element to make their work better, because why it kind of... Lately has had some trouble in the ring with some guys, but I think Ambrose is the guy that he could work with very well. But hopefully do something with Wyatt. I'm a big Wyatt fan, as everyone knows. I've loved him since he debuted, <laughs> and I just think that like he went from he just went too went too fast to the main event, and now he's kind of like floating around and like non like non really anything. He's kind of like fights Cena, Jericho, Ambrose, buried like it just. He went from Kane to the Shield to Cena too fast, and like yeah. Daniel Bryan, that like he never had a time to like have a mid card run or anything like that. They kind of just push him to the main event. So hopefully they kind of realize what they've done wrong, let him win a mid card title, then build him up to the main event again. But who knows? They closed the Hell in a Cell pay per view too. That's exactly. What, that's what's really weird because they were the talking point coming out of that pay per view. Like, oh, this feud's gonna be so great. I hated the finish. Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's back. All this other kind of stuff. Bray Wyatt was the biggest talking point coming out of that pay per view. The next night, there was hardly... Vignettes. Yeah, well, yeah, the next night, there was only, like, two seconds of talking, a, a really odd Bray Wyatt promo. Next week, it was Ambrose versus Cesaro. He was on the rocking chair. Yep, no progression of the feud whatsoever. We had the thing on SmackDown again, which no one saw. They recapped it on Raw it last looked, night it twice. Was, it looked like it was intriguing if they should It was a good segment, yeah. They just should have done it on Raw, that's yeah, all. And they exactly. do the two vignettes on, and then they just do the two vignettes last night of them talking again, which were good. But it should not, it's not the feud that it should be. Like I said, when it first started, it has the potential to be great. It's just a matter of them capitalizing on them. and you know, They have one more week to, to rectify this feud. If they can make it right... I mean, I'm not saying it's ending after Survivor Series, but if they can make it mean something going to this pay-per-view, one final go-home show promo segment, it could be great. And I'm really hoping they can... You know, make it right. Like, uh, make people want to see the match. Exactly. Like, right now, like, know, why do I have no incentive to care? You know what I mean? You, you do because you like both guys. No, no, no. Yeah, but technically, from a, like a you know you know what I'm saying? From like an outside face. standpoint, why would you want to watch the match? What what problem is there between exactly. two guys? Yeah. So I'm gonna well, I'm look forward to the match anyway. Yeah, I think exactly. it's be a great match. But uh, final thoughts from uh, Brendan. I want to get your thoughts on the Bray Wyatt Dean Ambrose feed. Are you two thinking this feed has been disappointing? And who do you blame in this whole scenario? Quite the opposite. I think it's actually going quite well so far. Yeah. Really? I okay. Really, yeah, I didn't... Let's be real here. Did anybody expect Bray Wyatt to pop up at the end of Hell in a Cell? Um, for what little time they've had to make this feud appealable, I think they've done a great job. I'm one of those few people who actually watches SmackDown sometimes. Maybe it was because it was in my town last week. I don't know. I felt <laughs> the need to watch it. But... I was very impressed with the segment. I feel like I've been the biggest uh, carrier so far of this entire feud. It's the reason I'm enjoying it so much, but they've definitely got what it takes to make a great feud out of it, even though they've had so little time so far. 
like I said before, I don't blame them. And I think the SmackDown segment was very good, like we said before. I think just the biggest problem with this feud, and like you just said, I think what they've done so far has been good. It's not like anything they've done so far has been bad. It's just that they need more exposure. Like, that happened on SmackDown. They need to have that happen on Raw. They need to give these guys more time on Raw. Like, we've seen the authority, seen a thing, closed shows for the last three weeks now, which is, I understand why they've done that. But one of these weeks, they could have taken out and at least closed the show with Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. If anything, start something. the show with like him coming out, sitting in the ring with the rocking chair. Ambrose comes out. Some some conflict. Yeah. Instead of having two vignettes that really don't mean much, obviously it's good promo work, but... Yeah, don't throw it in the middle of the show exactly. where no one cares. Instead you know of I mean? showing Ryback talk to all members of Team Authority, maybe have a segment for them or get rid of Los Matadores or something like that. Like... So if I'm having dumb few, like I like I like Paige, but I think her match was pointless last night. I get it was in Liverpool, so England. She's from England, but like that five minutes was kind of wait. Like she doesn't have a match for Survivor Series, so it kind of was kind of a waste. Yeah, I like Paige, yeah, but yeah. like they just don't haven't had any further build up of this this uh, feud. I <laughs> think it's has the right people in it, the two top stars, but they just really haven't like they haven't enough like at, from what Hell and Cell ended with. They just haven't built up to that point. Yeah, they've got all the right elements, everything. they got the right players. they got everything in place. Everything's aligned to make a great feud. They just need to act upon them. That's all. Like I said before, they got one more week to go home show next Monday. I'm um, looking forward to it. Hopefully they can build apart the, uh, the the Survivor Series show live on the WWE Network only for free because it's not $9.99 this month. For us it is, but not for the free subscribers. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, though. That should be a really good show. But on that note... Brendan, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a great time. Hopefully we can have you back on the show at some point. But before we let you go, though, I'm going to let you plug your stuff, your Facebook, Twitter, any blogs you got going on. Feel free to uh, shoot your stuff. All right. Thank you, Graham. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, be sure to do so at Sensitivity. For all of you fans out there who love wrestling, be sure to check out reddit.com forward slash r forward slash squared circles, the number one forum on the internet for discussing pro wrestling. Sounds good, brother. Thanks again for coming on. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. And RJ, of course, your shout-outs and whatnot. There's only Go a few. Uh, Molly, Jeff Camp, Sauce, Jamie, if I didn't say you're too bad, at Raymond underscore Marceau on the Twitter and Ray Marceau on YouTube and at WrestleRant. Next week, though, I do want to talk about this. Over the last couple of days, I've been watching so many Survivor Series shows. I've watched 96, 97, 98, 1990. 2 was amazing, by the way. 03 and 05. 03 was really good as well. It was but, my 10th um, birthday. And I was just, it really? Yeah, I, it was my 10th birthday. Yeah. My birthday's this week, too. I'm turning 21 Sunday. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. But, um, yeah, it was my 10th birthday. For some reason, like, I used to always watch my viewers with my dad. He, like, went to work. <laughs> like, he works at night, so I think, like, he, like, got like he, like he got called in, so he went to work. So I was all by myself in my living room, like, wicked scared. Kane came out. I started crying. Like I was so. Oh, at the end of the show, like when he like killed Undertaker. The Kane Shane match is really good, by the way. Kane, yeah, but when like Kane like Undertaker like got (laughs) bad, I like cried. Like I was like, he's dead. Like I was so like a little kid, but like I don't know. I just love that period. I love like all the matches in it. So I think O two was good too. I think O two O one was uh. I watched that show too. Yeah, O one versus uh, Alliance versus Invasion. Mm -hmm. O two. 
Oh, two's with the RVD. Elimination Chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one too. That, that was, was the first Survivor yeah. Series I saw. I saw mm-hmm. RVD because HBK won the Elimination yeah, Chamber. Awesome match, yeah. Then they had like Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Dudley's versus Rico and three. That was morning. an awesome. Was, opening, they had yeah. some good matches yeah. in that one. Then they had uh, Rey Mysterio versus... Uh, oh, the three-way tag yep. match, yeah. Yep. Great match, yeah. Edge, it was an Edge Mysterio, Benoit, Kurt Angle, and... And Los Cajeros, yeah. Yeah, see, like... Uh, <laughs> Those like, are the days! Exactly, I love that. That's a great pay-per-view. We'll reminisce a little bit more about that next week when we talk about our favorite Survivor Series moments, matches, events, and whatnot. We'll also be giving our predictions for Survivor Series next week. Mike's going to be on the, uh, Mike Yoder, former Endicott alumni, or Endicott alumni, will be here next week to talk about our Survivor Series predictions picks, previews, and much, much more. But like I said before, um, if you want to listen live to WrestleRant Radio every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, right here on Live365.com backslash station, backslash ECTV73. Shout out to RJ, whose birthday is on Sunday. Hopefully going to be spending it watching the WWE Network. <laughs> like I said before, you can follow me on Twitter at WrestleRant, Facebook, Ram, GSM Matthews. We'll be back here next week with Survivor Series predictions. And until then, folks, have a great week, and we'll see you then.